This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles. I'm Samuel Mann. I'm in the studio today and I am joined from Whakatane by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How are you? I'm going very well indeed. How is the recovery from COVID going? I hear it's glacial. <laughs> well, do you know what? It was one of the things that alerted me to my very low oxygen because my oxygen, that was the, the only symptom I had for COVID. No runny nose, no headache no earaches, none of those things. All that happened was my oxygen plummeted down into the 80s and we couldn't make it come back up. And um, and one of the things that alerted me to that was when I was in the car driving with Jack and I couldn't remember the word kumara. And I I said, it's not a carrot and it's not a courgette and it's not a capsicum. What is it? I just couldn't think. And and today I was trying to tell someone about a piece of ponamu that's the colour of a glacier and I couldn't remember what the word was. So I said, you know, that ice thing that comes down a hill. <laughs> so so it, it's just an odd thing. Um, and I know a few people that that's happened to where weird things like that happen in the memory. Odd. Well, hopefully you start to remember those sorts of things. Can you remember who we're introducing today? Yes, I can, actually, and I'm really excited to get to introduce Spencer Hall. Spencer is the new digital and audio content coordinator uh, for Otago Access Radio, so very important in our lives and and, uh, makes everything work for us in getting our podcast out. Um, He is an artist and musician in his own right and a new lover of exercise by the sounds of things. So uh, it's a great pleasure to have you here today, Spencer. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. You said musician, did you? Are you sure it's not ma- magician? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was the other thing that happened. <laughs> Random words that don't end up being what they're supposed to be. <laughs> he is a musician. Welcome, Spencer. Yeah, thanks for having me. I normally ask people where they are, but I know where you are because you're sitting opposite me at Otago Access Radio. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you been here? Uh, three weeks. Yeah. But I've been back in Dunedin since the end of 2020. So we've been asking people how their bubble life was. How was your bubble life? Uh, it was, it was great, actually, initially. But uh, things were kind of brewing terribly across North America in different ways. Um, I was in Montreal, and uh, yeah, it actually ended up a little more bittersweet towards the end because I ended up coming home and saying goodbye to my life in uh, in uh, Canada. What were you doing in Canada? Uh, I went over there for love, and uh, yeah, it was just a big, ex- you know, an OE kind of experience. But I ended up 
working in radio and uh, dishwashing and stuff like that in Montreal and exploring. So what was the COVID experience like in, in Montreal? Well, it was one of the big hotspots of uh, Canada. I think it was worse than most places. Um, but yeah, it just within the space of a few days, it was just like, all right, we're, we're shutting everything down. And thankfully, I had uh, employment insurance, which kind of got me through because uh, yeah, couldn't go into work. And uh, I was actually supposed to be starting a new job that week when everything shut down. So I was anticipating like a 60-hour week of doing these two jobs at the same time, but ended up just staying at home. And I know, I know it's two-year-old history now, but what was the, was it a shutdown like it was here, like a go home and stay there? Uh, eventually, yeah. I think my work was a little ahead of ahead of the curve. Yeah, we um, yeah, we shut down like probably a few weeks before everyone else did. And did that continue for the for a few weeks? Oh, it just continued for uh, yeah, quite a long time. I mean, I was working in a restaurant, and so yeah, they sort of opened up on like a real kind of skeleton crew, but that was months down the track. And then bouncing in and out of lockdown or bouncing, will it open up after that? Uh, not really. Uh, it just opened up and stayed open? No, I mean like... It stayed closed? Yeah, it kind of stayed closed really, yeah. So we've heard from places that did have that kind of extended, extended lockdown, the challenges of that. Did you notice people becoming fatigued with that kind of ongoing lockdown? Yeah, I mean, it was. I think it was just more of a shock than anything. Yeah, I I know that it got a lot worse after I left because they started bringing in. Uh, uh, I'm making a Mawira's uh, mistake of not being able to think of the word. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, uh, what's it called when you tell people to not not go out after a certain time? Curfews. Glacier. <laughs> Kumara. Kumara. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they started bringing in curfews, and that sounded pretty intense. So how long have you been home? Uh, just over a year. Right. Yeah. So what prompted you to come home? What was the big decision to move around the world in the middle of a pandemic? <laughs> I was running out of money, really, and uh, my visa was running out and feeling horribly homesick and you know, seeing online people going to parties and stuff in New Zealand and <laughs> enjoying the summer and... Yeah, it's like, oh, New Zealand's probably the best place to be. Indeed it is. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Richard Dawson jogging. Why this one? <laughs> so uh, I, because I was working in restaurants and eating a lot of fatty, rich foods, I needed to exercise quite a bit by cycling to work and going to the gym. But yeah, the, the gym was closed and I didn't have work to go to. So I decided to get into um, jogging for the first time. I was going like twice a day. And this song is part of the inspiration for that because it's about a character who sort of does that.
So I started job 
was a Kurdish family on the ground floor Had a brick put through their kitchen window The police know who did this Still they do nothing It's lonely up here in middle England I know I must be paranoid I feel the atmosphere around here is growing nastier People don't smile anymore There's no such thing as a quick fix But So now you're at Otago Access Radio as the digital and audio content coordinator. What does that mean? <laughs> it means that I'm cutting together all the shows of all the people who are in their bubbles because if they were coming in, I wouldn't have to do that. <laughs> it would just be live. I'm, yeah, I'm responsible for trying to make it seem seamless. Of course it is seamless with a lot of paddling going on under the water. Yeah. <laughs> and you're a musician? Yeah, yeah. Have you been playing much? Um, yeah, for myself, I've been learning a lot of songs by the band Ween at the moment. But uh, yeah, I do miss playing in bands. I played in bands in Dunedin and Christchurch in Montreal. Yeah. What sort of music? Uh, a mix, a lot of experimental music, but also psychedelic rock and pop music. Cool. Yeah. Have you found a show to play that on? I don't know, isn't maybe, that... Maybe you could just like put it in everybody else's shows. Yeah. See if they noticed. Yeah, I think it's like one of the first rules of radio. You're not supposed to play your own band on your show, right? <laughs> Vincent, you're a creative person, uh, and we get um, so many of the people that we get to interview, it's a, a pleasure to explore their creativity. And there's one question I always like to ask, where did your creativity come from? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I mean, uh, I think just being inspired by other artists is sort of the main one. I Yeah, I can't really pinpoint the insatiable urge to put stuff out, but it's there. I mean, <laughs> I keep like an obsessive diary and I, I just can't pinpoint why because uh, I read it back and I'm like, man, this is terribly dull. <laughs> But then again, I've also looked back at diaries from a lot longer ago and thought it was incredibly dull, but also, you know, there are some sections in here that are gold. 
like when I was in managed isolation for two weeks in uh, in Auckland after coming back from Canada, I actually had some cassette tape diaries that I'd made as like a 11 or 12 year old and they were incredibly dull. But every now and again, there'd be like a poem or, or you know, something that happened during that day. And I'm like, oh, well, wow, that's, that's actually kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that um, that creativity, like you experience it in the way that you express it in your life, do you think that that's something that we can teach people or is it just intrinsically part of who you are as a human? Uh, I think so. I, th- I think it's a, a question of um, maybe exposing people to things that really make them tick and perhaps them feeling the urge to uh, express that themselves. With your writing, when you started that, was it? did you see that as like a way to measure your progress through life or... What was the consciousness behind it? Um, for the diaries? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, partially. I mean, I also think of it as sort of a auxiliary brain because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I forget things as much as the next person and it is nice to look back and be like, oh, yeah, that thing. But um, it's also just a question of uh, kind of perfecting the craft, sharpening the tools. It's like you have to you know do an awful lot of running if you want to run a marathon you have to do a lot of training and it's like not each you know k that you run is going to be you know record breaking but it all kind of builds up to actually doing something incredible hopefully you said um when we were talking before we started recording you were talking about your gaming and and that sounds like it's an important part of life for you your entertainment and is it um, and maybe your way of communicating with others? Would that be fair to say? Not so much the communicating with others, but I'd never actually played any. Well, I, I might have played one video game um, before 2020. Just never cared about it. Never had any interest. And the job that I was supposed to be starting in Montreal was as a video game tester. And so, wow. and so, like I started <laughs> playing video games as research for work. And um, then when lockdown happened, I uh, I just continued um, playing games in the hope that, you know, if things opened up again, I'd, you know, have the skills to be a good video game tester. But it gave me an appreciation for an art form that I'd, you know, never really thought about or kind of thought maybe I'd invest too much time and effort in. But uh, it's I, – I, I just love it as an art form. It's such an incredible um, mix of things. And uh, and influences, you know, there's some of the games that I like could be, you know, as lyrical as, you know, a poem or, uh, you know, take cues from things as uh, diverse as, you know, architecture and theatre, you know, or yeah. capital A art. And uh, oh, I just was thinking to myself, uh, I must not let my son listen to this podcast <laughs> because you said that you can get paid to be a video game tester and I have assured him there is no such thing. (laughs) (laughs) One of my friends who uh, did it informed me that it's incredibly dull. It was a lot of, uh, you know, walking your character into walls and stuff over and over again to see if there are any bugs. (laughs) (laughs) All 
right, I'll tell him that. Definitely not the job for him. Far yeah. too dull. <laughs> yeah, it I might make think you... that he'd be convinced. <laughs> might make him hate video games. Oh, that would be not a bad thing. Thinking about uh, video games, because I think about this a lot, I think about um, when, when we go through gaming processes, we're living in someone else's imagination and all of the actions and all of the consequence of our actions are predetermined. So someone is, someone guesses that you're going to do a thing and they make a thing happen and none of it's really your choice or, and you don't really have real power in, in a sense. Do you think that gaming technology is moving with it, with the inclusion of more AI into a space where, where it's going to be much uh, less contrived and more responsive in a natural kind of way? Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't really thought too much about uh, AI in terms of games, but I, the big game that I was first into in uh, those first couple of months of lockdown was very much an open world game where you could interact with things at your at your will and didn't really have to follow the kind of story that had been planned out. But uh, as soon as I, I started you know, getting bored of that and had to invest in the story, I got very uh, annoyed at the limitations of that. Mm. Um, but, yeah, there's, I, I guess um, in terms of AI, there's more interesting kind of generative games where, you know, there'll be infinite kind of possibilities of, uh, you know, planets you can explore and stuff like that, depending on the game. So if, if we were picking a game, a really good game for kids these days, if I was um, going to go and buy something for my uh, for my perpetually curious 12-year-old, what would you recommend? Uh, um, yeah, it depends what they're into, I guess. Uh, one that I really enjoyed um, when I was, yeah, when I was in lockdown was Donut County. It's a, uh, you know, a very, a very stunningly, beautifully animated game. But uh, I, and the gaming mechanics are quite fun because, you know, you're essentially a hole going around and and swallowing things up. But there's also some really great themes about gentrification and, uh, um, you know, tech startups in Silicon Valley. But uh, couched in a, a very um, charming uh, story about raccoons and donuts. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, one of the other songs that I've um, picked out is uh, by Ben Babbitt. It's a cover of a Jim Reeves song, and it appears in a very stunning video game called Kentucky Route Zero. And uh, it's, yeah, it it kind of shows that a video game can be a proper capital A art uh, game with uh, as much kind of emotional resonance as, you know, any novel you could think of. Through my 
treasures and my hopes are placed beyond the blue many friends and opportunity to talk about MIQ because I don't think we've had many people with oh, we've, we have interviewed one person from who was actually in MIQ at the time how was MIQ for you <laughs> well after the stress of um, transiting and having missed flights and things like that it was like breathing a huge sigh of relief for two weeks um, I actually brought a PlayStation with me I traded my my push bike for a PlayStation. So I had that in managed isolation, but it was kind of funny. Like on the first day I didn't have an extension lead like long enough to fit. And I left like my toiletry stuff at LAX by accident. And I was like about to call up reception and be like, uh, can I please get like an extension lead and some razors? And I was like, uh, maybe I shouldn't do that. (laughs) They might get the wrong idea. (laughs) What was it like traveling at that time? It was pretty surreal because uh, it was just so quiet in the airports. Like LAX is one of the busiest airports in the US, and 
it was just dead. Like there was one shop that was open and it was a bar and there weren't many flights coming in and out of our terminal at all. So it was just the people from my flight and no one else. Um, so yeah, it was spooky. But yeah, I missed I missed one flight because I some paperwork I had didn't work properly for like a visa waiver for transiting through the states, and usually that's not a problem because they're like, oh, we'll we'll sort that out and we'll put you on the next flight. But because there was no flights, well, there's like one flight a day going from Toronto to LAX. It was like, oh, well, I guess we can tra- transfer you through Vancouver. Yeah, it was very stressful. <laughs> Would have been indeed. Did you get the same feeling of coming home? The, the, that you know, there's that that thing about seeing the 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 kuru on the tailplane of the the plane. <laughs> did did you get that kind of I'm coming home feeling from this crazy world out there? For sure, yeah. And even just like you know, chatting people, chatting to people in the departure lounges and stuff. Yeah, it was. It it really didn't properly hit me until I was on the bus from the airport to managed isolation and you know everything was green and alive and I was like oh gosh I'm home finally and then in a hotel room for two weeks not being able to open a window or <laughs> like go outside at the end of it do they take you back to the airport or what do they do with you after the MIQ? Uh no they just well I guess it depends where you're going but they they just let me out so. Yeah, and walked outside and got on a bus and <laughs> caught up with some friends and went into a shop without having to worry about overly sanitizing, wearing a mask or anything. <laughs> I uh, I had a project while I was in managed isolation that definitely kept me going. I felt that I needed to have some kind of routine, so I'd like get up at the same time each day, and I was uh, animating all day well for a few hours and then you know working on other things Mm -hmm. yeah and that definitely uh i think made the time go a little bit easier what you're animating uh it was the intro for a music video and (laughs) it's like over a year later now and it's almost done (laughs) (laughs) bubble sprite of the forest of orakanui dunedin's favorite goddess tahu mckenzie I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars, in your beloved universes, and I really hope wherever you are and whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining, and illuminating for you more and more each day who you are triumph of nature's art perfect unique and here making things better thank you now i know that for all of us the last more than two years have been such a time of learning and growth change we've all had to face new realities new ways of perceiving ourselves and the world around us and in this time of course the most fundamental aspects of ourselves have been called upon have been rallied forth to come to the fore to protect us to sustain us to maintain our values, all the things that we care for, the things that we really hold dear in our communities. We've had to come together in order to care for one another and protect and cherish all those aspects that we love. Some, of course, have had to change 
in the sense that we've had to do things remotely and I've been so happy that yesterday my band who I really love, Tahu and the Takahe, we were able to perform for the first time in about a year because we're such a big band it's been very hard to fit us into venues with the number restrictions and in terms of being able to perform again was just a real dream come true for the whole band and for me and for everybody there. It was just such a joyful, joyful, beautiful celebration. So we were very lucky that we finished the Plaza Party, which was an outdoor party outside the library. And we had beautiful sound from Strawberry Sound here in Aotearoa, Dunedin. So it was just beautiful. And I felt that my whole voice was cascading over the entire city from where we were and it was just so beautiful and it felt like a blessing and it felt like a reawakening so I'm very very grateful for that opportunity. I was then able to lead the crowd down to 165 George Street where my friend had made some musical instruments out of furniture I was able to encourage people to really good look and play with these really exciting musical instruments, a theremin table, a pair of legs, mannequin legs that had been turned into a guitar with a pot plant on top, Um, a beautiful table and a beautiful armchair that had been turned into a drum kit. So it was all really, really exciting. And I'm just blown away by the creativity that surrounds us here in Aotearoa Dunedin. I know that for all of us, when we see and when we encounter the creativity of others, it's so inspiring. And it awakens in ourselves all that sense of potential that we possess, all that creative energy. And for all of us, there's so much creative energy there. And it manifests and will manifest in so many different ways. And I find it is the most satisfying and healing energy to tap into as part of the energy of the living world. Because all life, of course, perfect, unique, beautiful and creative. And we are part of that. And when we can have the opportunity to recognise ourselves in the blossoming of a flower, the growing of a tree towards the light, the expression of life, how life chooses to express itself and move and dance with the other life forms around it. It's really beautiful to behold. So I really hope that for you, you're having the opportunity to engage with the creative energy that surrounds you and is within you, that you're having the opportunity to feel reconnection with your community and reunion with those aspects of yourself that are so dear to you now that we are able to do a bit more together. And I'm so grateful, of course, to be part of the show. So a big thank you to Sam and the whole Blowing Bubbles team for having me and to all of you. And I look forward to talking to you again. Thanks. Kakite. You are listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Spencer Hall. Spencer, we've seen lots of changes in society over the last couple of years. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? Uh, I think people's... Uh, sorry. <laughs> I think I might need to think about that. Um, I'm not sure. I hope that... Um, Sorry, I haven't had lunch. <laughs> I'm losing words. Um, one thing that bums me out about this whole thing is how much it's um, repelled people from each other, like, uh, and how some people have disappeared down, um, you know, rabbit holes of 
uh, political leanings where before they didn't really think about it. And, uh, yeah, that's that's certainly something that I think is going to stick around. People who, um, you know, have been majorly, uh, you know, concerned about where they are and, you know, looking for answers. And, unfortunately, that's uh, down rabbit holes and... Uh, taking red pills and such and such yeah <laughs> what was the communication like from the government in canada at the start of the pandemic what we had here was very much that you know the team of five million the the be kind did you get a similar kind of messaging in canada uh not really i don't think i mean yeah it was yeah, I don't think it was kind of as as soft and kind of you know about unity as much as that. I remember the um like the premier or like the mayor or whatever of of Montreal was making making some comments and in um in Quebecois fashion uh mentioned that the liquor stores are going to stay open cuz people need need to have a cheeky wine or something along those lines. Um there was yeah, uh, one of the kind of funny soundtracks to the opening of uh, the that whole thing was uh, Justin Trudeau making a a statement about wearing a mask to keep you from speaking moistly, and then and that kind of became a meme in the song, and uh, <laughs> it's very funny. Speaking moist. <laughs> Do you think that? We can take any lessons from the pandemic for the bigger sorts of challenges that we face. I'm thinking of things like climate change. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm glad that there has been unity around this thing. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm not sure if people are so quick to to see what the results of climate change are. You know, I think it takes a, a little more kind of work in terms of extrapolating what's to come and uh yeah i also feel like media hasn't really um pushed the climate change uh thing as hard as uh what they have been with covid or yeah i don't know <laughs> i want to ask this question about music but so we'll take another music track first let's have fiona apple and shamika why this one so yeah as i was saying before i found being in isolation was very manageable if i had a routine and uh listening to probably my favorite album of 2020 was sort of the start of each day while i was in isolation in canada because for over six months it just didn't go anywhere um really and so each day i get up and i would put that on and i'd work on um some some art projects and yeah the song is uh, a banger i used to walk down the streets on my way to school grinding my teeth to a rhythm invisible i use my feet to crush the leaves like a from trees just for me just to be crashed symbols in class 
Shamika said I had potential. Shumika said I had potential. Shumika said I had potential. Shumika said I had potential. Hurricane Gloria in excess is tail. That's my bird and my tree. My dog and my man and my music is my holy trinity. Hurricane Gloria in excess is tail. That's my bird and my tree. My dog and my man and my music is my holy trinity. Tony told me he described me as pissed off, funny and warm. Sebastian said I'm a good man and a stone. Back then I didn't know what potential meant. And Shamika wasn't gentle and she wasn't my friend. But she got through to me and I'll never see her again. She got through to me and I'll never see her again. I'm pissed off, funny and warm. I'm a good man and a stone. And when the fall is torrential, I'll recall. Shamika said I had potential. 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 Spencer, do you think, in terms of the music, and your own music, but other people's music, do you think that there is a recognisable COVID sound? Are we going to? Are you going to be able to tell? Or oh, that was the music that came from the pandemic. 
Um, that's an interesting question. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess a lot of people have had a lot more time to record stuff at home, so potentially. I'm not sure. <laughs> We've certainly worked out how to do Zoom choirs, and that sort of thing. So you might be able to recognise that in the yeah in the music archive. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I wonder how much more music collaboration has been happening as a result of that. I wonder if it's the, the same as what we've experienced, that people are more willing to have a chat on Zoom or, or, or Skype or whatever it might be. Do you think that people are in the music field and the, the, the wider art field are more likely to give someone a ring and see if they want to do something together? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've definitely found that with some of my friends for sure. Yeah, like, um, you know, sending the, yeah, sending bits and pieces of stuff online and collaborating that way. Certainly something I had never done before the pandemic. I have some questions to end the show. Spencer, what is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Oh, getting this job. This is my <laughs> dream job, working at Otago Access, you know, um, enabling you know, people like you to make great shows, working with, um, you know, really tr- uh, talented broadcasters and, yeah, just kind of being part of their vision. Yeah, I'd say this is definitely one of them for sure. Ooh. And when this music video is done, that'll be the other one. <laughs> What's it about? Uh, the song is, uh, <laughs> it's a Christchurch band called Cowboy Machine. And the song is about, uh, someone who finds their lover has died. And, uh, but it's, it sounds like a jaunty, fun, like love song. <laughs> it's twisted. <laughs> so we are writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What's your superpower? <laughs> oh God, uh, I'm an I'm an ideas man. How's that? Ideas man. <laughs> and putting them to practice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, that doesn't sound like a very good superhero name, does it? <laughs> ideas man. <laughs> Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Yeah, for sure. What about? Uh, <laughs> uh, climate change is one thing. I I'm very much about trying to uplift people whose voices probably otherwise wouldn't be heard. Yeah, I've been involved with uh, Black Star Books for over ten years, the radical info shop on Warrior Place. It's a, a grassroots organization um, devoted to uh, literature of a radical sort and um, making some kind of social progress. Um, yeah, they put on events and things, and they're open twice a week at the moment, I think, on Wednesday and Friday evenings, afternoons and evenings. Uh, yeah, and they've got a great archive of um, zines and books and uh, all sorts of interesting things. It's, it's very punk, and uh, they're, they're also closely tied with uh, the Crooked Spoke, who... Uh, the DIY bike workshop. I've got something coming up too as well, but I haven't got the dates on me right now. And it's behind my favourite cafe. Yeah, yeah. Kitchen table. 
I do like it there. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Oh, coming to work at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I find there's not enough hours in the day and uh, I've, I'm, I've taken to burning the candle at both ends because I love, you know, doing this job and I also love making art and uh, also showing people how to make art, <laughs> helping them with their tools. And, uh, yeah, I find if I don't leap out of bed first thing in the morning, I'm not going to squeeze it all in. You're doing the music at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have to be strict on yourself and say, no, I need to go to bed? Oh, it's more the other way. I'm strict on myself and like, no, I need to learn a new song. <laughs> Sleep can wait. <laughs> so what is the biggest challenge or opportunity that you're looking forward to in the next year or so? Oh, I'm, I've got grand plans for this place. That's uh, <laughs> that's for sure. I want to um, see Otago Access uh, blossom, bloom. But uh, I also want to make more music videos and, you know, put some great visuals to some of my favourite music by uh, the wealth of Dunedin talent. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? I guess don't get put off... Uh, different forms of art just based on your assumptions about them like i was saying before the video games i never really uh felt like i should invest any time or effort into them but i found it's actually very rewarding i um yeah i i wonder how many other kind of great art forms i haven't investigated enough because of um you know preconceived notions of what they could be another one like that's comics as well like there's some very amazing uh cerebral comics out there in the world that i i really um love and uh i think tabletop role-playing games are uh, another art form that i haven't invested in enough yet but i i think would be full of um uh, <laughs> great potential thank you for that mawira it is um it's always a treat i think to get to speak with people like you who um, not only do you enable us to see the world in a different way through your own lens through your art but also um, in in the case with your practice is that you're enabling other people as well and it's just such a beautiful thing so I just want to say thank you very much for sharing with us today for letting us see the world through your eyes and uh, and I wish you well in the plans that you have for uh, further developing Otago Access Radio uh, and uh, for all the enabling that we'll be doing in that sense. Kia ora. Thank you very much. It's very kind. We are going out to Cowboy Machine. Morning Glory. Why this? Oh, this is the song that the music video is for. Awesome. So we can imagine an awesome music video going with this. Yeah. <laughs> and next year we'll get to see it. This year? Next year? Oh, you'll see it this year for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm so close to the end. But it's animated, so it's... The- <laughs> Probably the longest way you could possibly do something. <laughs> I woke up to the morning glory. I woke up to the morning glory. Woke up to the morning glory and only you were in my head. So I gave to the morning glory. I gave it to the morning glory.
You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We are broadcast on Otago Access Radio and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. I'm Samuel Mann with Spencer Hall at Otago Access Radio. And we have with us Mawira Karatai in Pakatani. Welcome back, Mawira. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.